He'll, he'll take care of those take things, care of those before, things us. before us if we'll just if ask, we'll just him. ask Hallelujah. him. Hallelujah. If we, if we, being carnal, being know, carnal how, to give know how to give good gifts to our, to our children. children, how much more, how much more shall the God of glory, God of glory give, the Holy Ghost give the Holy Ghost to them that ask, to him. Them that ask him. What do we need today? What do we need today? Let's ask him. Let's amen. Ask him. Amen. 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 For he has For he blessed, has us. blessed wow. us. Wow. And I believe he's and been, I believe better, he's than been me, better than me, Brother Vic, Brother Vic, than anybody than else. Anybody else. He has watched, he has watched out, me, out cared me, me, cared for me. And it seems more than one. More than one. Just like he just, just put, like the, he puzzle just put together the puzzle for together me. for me. The doors that the were doors shut, that were would, shut open. would open. The doors that needed to be shut were open. He shut them. He shut them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God has God been has my God and my help for years. And I love thank him this morning. I know that you know that you do. It's good to be in the Lord's house. I'd rather be in the Lord's house than in the finest hospital in Mecklenburg County. Praise God. And I thank you for salvation. I thank him because he changed my life. And he sent me a different direction, a direction than, what than what I was headed. And now heaven, now heaven is our home. Is if we we'll just, keep, we'll marching just keep marching on. Keep trucking for, for Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Oh, John, yes. Said, it John said it true. The Lord, the Lord uh, let not your heart not be troubled. You believe in God. You believe also in me. Me. In my Father's house. Father's house. Or many matches. many matches. If it were not so, I would have told you. But he said, I go to prepare a fair place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you. you. Woo! Hallelujah! I will will come again. Come again. And receive Receive you under myself. Where I am. Where I am. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. There you may be. There you may be. I'm looking forward. Amen. Amen. Anybody else happy? Anybody else happy? The Lord has directed your path and blessed you. You want to brag on it? Brag on it this morning. You want to testify? You want to testify? God's good in you. God's good in you. Ha 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 ha! Oh praise! Oh praise God! Praise God, brother. Amen. 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 God is good. God is good. Another one. Another one. He is good to us. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Mike had to just bless over and again and over and again. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God, God is so good. So, just make me want to sing God is so good. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 God is, God is so, so, so good. Good. In fact, in fact, uh, uh, as my wife, as my wife uh, really enjoys and likes that song that says, He is, he is only, only good. Good. God is only, God is good. only good. Now, I'm now, good once in I'm a while. I'm good once in a while. I wish I could I'm, be good more often, and I need to be. But God is only good. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And he said, I will exalt the Lord. And come on and let's magnify the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We magnify you for your blessing and your glory. Hallelujah! 
He is good. Amen. Praise God. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Jonah, will you say the blessing over the offering this morning? Since we're in the midst of a fast, I chose to sing this one this morning. My wife told me she thought this was the right one. Uh, it's a song that I, some of you probably have never heard because you don't think you were here, and it's been, it had been 20 years since I had sung it before. Uh, Brother Braswell had asked me to sing it. So you pray for me this morning as I sing In the Midst of It All. What have you done to deserve all this? Curse God and die. What advice for a man who had trusted God most of his life? Then Job speaks as he stands among a broken down domain. In the midst of it all, 
I shall stand and not fall and bless his name. In the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, I found hope that will never let me fall. Jesus heard my call and by me stood tall and in him I stand complete in the midst of it all. Should the day ever come when everyone bows their head to cry and when man has done all that man can do and I'm left to die well even then surrounded by a Afflictions, greatest pain In the midst of it all I shall stand and not fall And bless His name In the midst of it all In the midst of it all I found hope that will never let me fall Jesus heard my call and by me and in him I stand complete in the midst of it all Jesus heard my call and by me and in him I stand complete in the midst of it all in the midst of it all
Touch him spiritually. Touch and move, dear God, in this job situation. You work and move, dear God, according to your will. The steps of a good man are ordered in you. Order his steps, open doors of opportunity, and close things, dear Lord, that appear to be opportunity but are not. In the name of Jesus today, praise his holy name. Greet one another this morning. Love one another in the name of Jesus.
Sometimes the doubt starts to win Yeah, I'd be lying if I told you I was anything but weak Right now my struggle's all I see But I'm not giving in My story will not end in defeat Cause nothing can stop it And unstoppable God He's not afraid of impossible lies This is the promise that I'm standing on Nothing can stop an unstoppable God That's me. I'm louder than everybody else. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Yeah. I j- oh, maybe? No? I don't know. Uh, try the one. Oh, hey. That was... That fixed it. Okay. I'm just loud. I'm sorry. I'm louder than everyone else. That's a joiner thing. Yep. But hey, we're... They're figuring this out, and it is going to be fantastic. So, thanks. Thanks. When Amanda was up there uh, earlier, and she's like, "I'm gonna do this." Is that fine? I preach and say, "You do, you do whatever it takes." Okay, thanks. And that's the that's the thing, y'all. Okay, I know what I'm good at. <laughs> I preach and say. So, if y'all have other things that um, that you're that you're wanting to do, interested in doing, hey, if you're good at it, go for it. Absolutely, yes. So, as we enter a new year, we begin a new series. More specifically, we will be doing multiple series under an umbrella of one topic. Okay. Now, this has been on my calendar for months. And it's just something that... The Lord was stealing with me about, and like, okay, this is going to take a while. So y'all just get ready, mentally prepare yourselves. <laughs> because we are going to be under the umbrella of health and wellness. Health, 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 <laughs> health and wellness. Yes. That is going to be the blanket, the umbrella. But... We are going to be talking about different topics underneath that. 
Because there is more to you than just your spiritual life. Oh my, before you, before you get worried, before you get worried. Okay. We're on, online and you're worried that you're going to come to church and we're not going to talk about spiritual stuff. We're going to use the Bible every time. <laughs> but Jesus spent much of his teaching time certainly discussing the kingdom, discussing worship, the church, all those sorts of things. But he also spent plenty of time talking about relationships, talking about finances, talking about emotional health and well-being. So we're going to talk about those things as well. In November of 2021, so just a little over a year ago, because we're, I mean, we're in 2023, y'all. Goodness gracious, this is crazy. But a little over a year ago, in 2021, a survey was taken of U.S. adults who had already made resolutions for 2022. Okay? So they were, it was their year-old resolutions. And out of the top eight resolutions that people had made, half of them were health-related. Exercise more, uh, eat healthier, lose weight, stop smoking. Over a third of those responding to the question said that they wanted to spend more time with family and friends. Other responses were financial and mental. Live more economically. Reduce stress on the job. Spend less time on social media. Wow. Oh my goodness. These are people's New Year's resolutions for last year. The data hasn't come in completely for what people were, were wanting to do for this year. But in every one that I looked at, 2022, 20, 21, 20, going back, these are common. Things like, well, definitely we know, lose weight, eat better. I mean, that's always one. But, but things like less stress, more time spent doing the things that you love or being around the people that you love. God cares about every single part of our lives. Everything that matters to us matters to Him. So emotional, spiritual, relational, physical, and financial health all matter to Him. And we are going to be talking about each of those in their own separate series. That's what I'm telling y'all. This is going to take a while. We're going to be talking about health and wellness for a long time. But again, I... I have felt the prompting of the Spirit because I have it written down in different, like, okay, in pencil. Okay, this and this and this. But I, I feel like the Lord wants us to get healthy. He's given us instructions on how to excel in each area. So today we're going to be taking a look in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul here is speaking to the church of Ephesus. They came from a pagan, idolatrous background. At the beginning of this chapter, he gives them a long list of, of ways that the church is supposed to act. The very beginning of the chapter. That we are to be one. I've preached about this before. That, that God gives uh, to some pastors and prophets and teachers and evangelists. and He gives all of the ministries for the, for the work and the edification of the church to build us up that we become perfect or more mature in Christ. And then, in the middle of this chapter, he talks about lots of sins that people commit. He talks about things that the Gentiles typically engaged in, depravity, alienation from God, callousness, apathy, filthy 
kinds of sin, being impure, being greedy. But then take a look at verses 20 through 25. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So, Paul says to them, before, before, when you were living in sin, when you were acting like the Gentiles did, you were, you were serving your own lusts. You were depraved, and you were greedy, and you were, follow, you were callous, and you didn't care. You were apathetic toward God, and you, you didn't care about living right. But you have not learned this from Christ. He said, if you have ears to hear and a heart to respond to the truth that only comes from Jesus, then certain things will happen. There will be a putting off of the former conversation. Now, this word conversation in this case, now we see the word conversation quite a bit in Paul's writings. In some cases he means actual conversation sometimes he means conversation as in the place that we're going to end up your conversation is in heaven and in this case he means behavior patterns so he says putting away taking off the old behavior patterns so we're in new year and we're going to change our behavior we're talking about our health and wellness today is is about anger. Someone spoke to me about that this morning, being angry. And so we're going to talk about taking off those old behavior patterns, that former conversation. He says, put off, meaning cast off or lay aside. Metaphorically, this means to take off an article of clothing. So if we're able to take it off like an article of clothing, that means it's not a part of who you are. It's not a part of who you were intended to be if it's just a matter of taking it off and laying it aside. Jesus is not something that we add to our life and routine. He's not just something that we pick up and carry with us as long as it's convenient. But he is something that changes our former conversation. So he says, I, I must take off my former conversation, my old behavior. Why? Because it says the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Here, this word means it is an antique. The old man, an antique. It is worn out. When I thought about it being like clothing, it's so last season. Yeah. I, that's what, for me, that's what came to my mind. It's, that's last year's clothes. Those are last year's clothes. When we think about the way that we acted last year, 
We got to put off some of that stuff. That's last year's clothes. We we don't need that anymore. There's a there's a new season every year. Sometimes every season, like a, a spring season and a winter season or fall season, designers, fancy designers, come up with brand new clothing. And those who are rich and famous, they just cannot be caught dead wearing last year's clothes. And we should feel that way too. God is doing a new thing. God is trying to clothe us in righteousness so we ought to be put off by the idea of wearing last year's stuff. No, thank you. I, I don't want any of that. So I must take off that former conversation because it's an antique. It's worn out. And it also says that it is corrupt. And this means shriveled, withered, ruined, or it no longer fits. We're really going with this idea of a clothing theme. This is this is from Paul. He God cares about what I'm wearing. Thank you, Lord. This is this is God speaking to Paul that all that old stuff is corrupt. It's dirty. It's stained. It it can't be worn again. You wear it and you you just look awful. It it doesn't fit anymore. You need to take it off. And he says that this kind of conversation, this kind of behavior is according to deceitful lust. This means delusional longing. Delusional longing. Do you ever look back at pictures of yourself from years ago and think, why on earth did I dress like that? Why did I wear that? I tell Gracie sometimes, she's probably not watching. If you are, yes, it's true. I tell her sometimes, you, you're you going to look back and you're going to wonder why on earth anyone ever let you dress like that. Just saying. Because I, I think the same thing. I look back on some pictures of myself when I was younger. I'm like, why? Why? That's just, that's crazy. And that's the thing that Paul is saying here. We... When we follow after those deceitful lusts, it's delusional. It's things that we never really wanted in the first place or never really looked good on us in the first place. And we think, why did anyone ever let me come out of the house looking like that? Why? And when we look back on our old life and our old attitudes and our old thoughts, Lord, why... Why did anyone ever let me act like that? Why did anyone ever let me get away with that mess? Why, Lord? It's delusional. But then how does transformation occur? He says to be made new in the spirit of our mind. This word is only used one time here in the New Testament. This renewed being renewed in the spirit of your mind. This word is only used one time in the New Testament. It means renovated, reformed, or made new or young again. So what Paul is saying is, your mind has got to be renovated. There's got to be some things that are torn down. There's got to be some some shifting. The walls that you put up there, they, they need to be blasted out y'all ever watch those home renovation shows and one of the first things they do is knock down walls 
I'll, I'll enjoy watching those sometimes and they and I heard I heard someone else say it's it's kind of funny because as soon as that once the finished product is is done the people come in and they you're like they're just shocked oh my goodness when really they should say this looks exactly like the plans that you laid out for me yeah you showed me this on the computer and here it is in real life. They're just shocked that, that such a big change has occurred. No, this is exactly what I told you would happen. And it's the same way with God. His word tells us what he wants our minds to look like. His word tells us how he wants us to structure our lives. His word tells us the kind of thoughts that we need to be dwelling on. The kind of emotions that we need to take heed to. So when he says... Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's saying, get rid of all that other stuff that you've put up. All those walls, all that junk, get rid of it. We're going to renew this. And notice he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is a small s spirit. This is referring to human ability. This is not large S, Holy Spirit. This is not Paul saying, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and renovate your mind. This is Paul saying, you need to get the sledgehammer yourself and knock down some of the walls that you have been the one to put up. The Spirit, this small Spirit, small here, small S, is relational power by which the human being feels, thinks, or decides. So Paul is saying, you have the power, God has given you the ability to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Oftentimes, we just sit and wait for the renovator to come. I need to call Chip and Joanna. If y'all you know, know who I'm that, that, uh, That's my personal favorite. I, I think they're funny and she does a good job. We need to call Chip and Joanna. We need to call the Napiers. Yes, yes. <laughs> call them in and have them knock down the walls for me. I need to sit here and I need to wait on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come in. Do whatever you want to. Come in, Holy Spirit. Have your way. But Paul says, be renewed. And this is a continual renewing, this idea here. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. D-I-Y. Yes. This is something that we are able to do ourselves. That we say... Lord, I, I'm knocking down this wall of doubt. Lord, I'm knocking down this wall of discouragement. Lord, I'm knocking down this wall of, of sin that has held me. Father, I am knocking down this wall of addiction. I am knocking down this wall of bad habits. I'm knocking down this wall of dependency on anything other than you. This is something that God is allowing us to do ourselves. And then he says to put on the new man. Again, this is a command to us. This is not sit and wait until the Holy Spirit cleans out all that stuff. Search, 
you know, throwing sheetrock out your ears. And then just stand and wait for the Holy Spirit to come and put a new man on you. That's not what he's saying. He says, put on a new man that ye put on. In verse 24, that ye put on a new man, which after, after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We do it. This new man meaning brand new and fresh. So the idea here is sinking into a garment. Paul is telling you, invest in righteous clothing. That is manufactured to be righteous and holy. This new requirement requires us to remove the old garment. To get rid of the old stuff and take up the new. This is part of health and wellness. This is part of emotional health. That we take responsibility for the things that we can. Now I'm not saying that it is all a rely on me kind of thing. That is not the case. There are plenty of things that only God can do for us. There are plenty of things that only the Holy Spirit, when He comes in, can cleanse us from. But there are things, and we see right here, that we are to put off the old identity, the old man, and we are to put on the new righteousness and new holiness. And then He says, Wherefore, putting away lying. Again, something that we do. Something that we have the ability to do. Not something that we do lying. I hope y'all aren't lying. It's just, it's just people online. No, I'm joking. It's not y'all either, I'm sure. But he says, put away lying. Remove that old garment of falsehood. But also this word. Now we think lying, of course. We know you're telling lies to people. This is the truth. And you say something opposite. Or you say something, no. Hmm. A little off. But this word is pseudo. It's a different word for lying. Pseudo. It means whatever is not what it seems to be. No fakes. So he says, put off the fake. That's something that we can do. Put off the fakes. I didn't wear them, wear them today, but I do have a, a lovely gift from my husband. <clears throat> he, um, he had some extra money. Y'all may know the story. <laughs> Maybe I don't need to say it uh, <laughs> so it's recorded. But y'all know the story of how I came to have some really fancy shoes and these are I would never I would never purchase these shoes for myself okay never but Shane in his kindness <laughs> and me mentioning it quite a few times and sending him pictures and and um, links to which ones I would prefer. After all that, you know, if you end up with extra money, and he did, thank you, Jesus, 
Um, if you end up with extra money, please purchase these shoes. And he did. And when he came home from <laughs> came home from his trip, and and that was his uh, carry-on bag. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But the thing is, these shoes are special because the bottoms of them are painted red. Okay. They're very special. And this particular, that particular designer, you know, that's, that's the calling card for that designer is that the shoes are painted red on the bottom. And you can paint the soles of any shoes, right? I mean, these shoes have, have brown, oh, excuse those are black. These shoes have, have black soles, but I could paint them red, okay? Any shoe in my entire closet, I could paint the bottoms of them red. But that doesn't make them true. That doesn't make them real red-bottom shoes. There's a price that has to be paid for real red-bottom shoes. And that's the thing with us. I can put on the look of being righteous. I can... I can put on my clothing of, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Everything's fine with me. But it's a lie. It's pseudo. It's fake. Because there's a price to being real with God. There's a price to being a real Christian. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying this, you know, hyper extravagant, wonderful looking Christian person. Because we can see people online or we can watch people on TV and we think wow they must be a great Christian but we don't know what's going on on the inside of them being a real Christian means that my heart is right with God that I'm facing my issues (laughs) that I'm bringing them to God that I am actively knocking down and renovating my mind that I am actively putting away that fake. And it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside to everybody else as long as I am being true and real and honest and following God's Word. I may not look like the greatest Christian in the whole world, but if I'm in prayer every day, if I'm reading God's Word and I'm hearing from Him and I... And I'm serving him and and searching him out. I may never be up in lights. I may never get that fantastic spotlight shined upon me. But that doesn't mean that I'm less than that person because they have the spotlight. He's saying, stop being fake. Because that's a disappointment. And if if he had come home and he had said... Hey, babe, guess what? In, I went to the store that had that. I went to this specific red bottom shoe store and I noticed the prices. And I thought, yeah, that's a lot. And I, I thought, you know what? I can probably find this cheaper somewhere. So as we were walking around, I found this alleyway. And there was this guy with a, a table spread with red bottom shoes and I've, and they were half the price and, and here they go here enjoy the fake is not as good 
The fake is not what you want. And it's not what God wants either. He's saying, be real. Be real. Even if it's uncomfortable, because let me tell you something, as expensive as they are, they don't feel good on your feet. And he even says, the, the guy who designs them says, I meant for them to be uncomfortable because if you want to look that good, sometimes you got to be uncomfortable. And the thing is, if you want to, yeah, I know, really? Come on, man. The thing is, sometimes being real with God is uncomfortable. Sometimes the price that it takes to be real with God is uncomfortable. But it's worth it. It's worth it to know that you're not a fake. That you're honest and true before Him. So then we take a look. We spent a lot of time there, but let's take a look at 26 and 27. Because health and wellness today is, a, is about anger. Uh, maybe it was about fakes and I didn't realize. But um, <laughs> it says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Anger does not equal sin. Amen. Anger doesn't equal sin. He says, be angry, but do not sin. Be angry here, meaning provoked, enraged, exasperated. You can feel those feelings. Okay, that's all right. To feel provoked. It's okay to feel enraged. It's okay to feel exasperated. Thank you, Lord, that that's okay. And some people are like, oh, I don't know if this is true or not. <laughs> I don't know. Is that true? We're, we're going to take a look. He says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, when you've heard this preached or heard this taught in time past, if you're anything like me and what I've heard my whole life, it's don't go to bed angry. Have y'all ever heard it that way? Yes, me and the people online, yes. Don't go to bed angry. And, you know, sometimes we we take this really to heart. And for those of us who are married, um, you're up 12, 1 in the morning trying to sort things out, right? <laughs> okay, uh, maybe I'm the only one who's ever been in that situation. The Bible says, do not go to bed angry, and we need to straighten this out right now. And um, I just don't feel like you're really participating in trying to make this right. <laughs> Shane's not here. Bless his heart. Okay. Uh, he's normally willing to go to sleep. You know, he's like, fine. Okay, yes. <laughs> and I'm the one going, no, we need to work this out. In the past, okay, in the past, that's how I felt. Don't go to bed angry. And we stayed up half the night trying to get through an argument but Paul was actually quoting a psalm of David. So take a look at Psalm, and, and Amanda's going to put it up, but uh, Psalm 4, verse 4. Psalm 4, and this one has a bunch of things in it. I haven't marked, but Lord mercy. Okay, there we go. Psalm 4, verse 4 says, 
Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah, which means uh, pause and, and think about that again. So let's, let's pause and think about that again. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Huh. So David is here in, in Psalm chapter 4 asking God to answer his call. And he's saying... Stand in awe. In this case, in the Hebrew, to stand in awe means to quake. To be disquieted. To experience violent emotion. Because to us, awe means you're standing in awe. and Wow, this is amazing. No, no, no. In the Hebrew, it means he's getting mad. Stand in awe, be angry, have these emotions, feel your feelings, but then commune with your own heart upon your bed. Speak to, commune here means to speak to, to command and to answer. And then be still or quiet yourself. So what Paul is saying to the church of Ephesus is, it's okay to be angry. Anger is not a sin. But when you get angry, you need to examine yourself. You need to think about why it is that you're getting angry. You need to commune with your heart on your own bed. When you get angry, you need to go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him, Why am I feeling this, God? What is this telling me? And then, be still. And receive the word of the Lord. Self-examination, self-awareness will keep the enemy from gaining a foothold in our lives Y'all, this is different than I, than I really thought, okay? As I'm studying, and I, this, is, this is from three weeks ago. I'm ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Um, because we didn't have, I, I still studied before, before uh, Christmas. So I was like, yes. So here the Lord is telling us to know ourselves. See, God cares about your emotional and mental health. God cares about that. He wants you to be emotionally and mentally healthy. There are so many things in God's word that point to that truth. He cares even more than just being spiritually healthy. Because if we are spiritually healthy without being emotionally healthy, then it causes some issues. If we are spiritually healthy but not relationally healthy, um, causes some issues. God desires that we be healthy in every aspect of our lives. So physical health we can see and recognize. We were talking about this. Uh, Mom and Dad and I were talking about this 
not too long ago, the physical health, you can see and recognize it. And you feel compassion for. You know, you see someone who's sick in the hospital or you see someone who is chronically ill in their body and you think, oh my goodness, Lord, please help them, heal them, give them strength. You you pray for that and you remember to pray for that. But oftentimes, mental health is a little bit more difficult because we can sometimes look at somebody and they look perfectly fine on the outside and think, straighten up. You'll be all right. Just buck up. But it's not as easy as that. It's not as easy as that sometimes because there are things, there are, there are chemical imbalances in people's minds sometimes that, that trigger different responses within their mind. And you can't see it. And sometimes people hold themselves together and they look real good on the outside, but inside their mind it's going crazy. It's feeling like you're, you feel like you're crazy. Like, Lord, why am I feeling this way? I've talked about the fact that I deal with anxiety. And a lot of times it's, you know, and my mom worries about, oh, is this going to, are you going to be okay? You know, if anything, if anything special comes up, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to make you upset. Are you going to be all right? Yes, mom, I'm going to be fine. This is going to be all right. Because if it's something that, if it's a situation that I feel like I can handle and I have an answer to, you know, sure, no worries. Or if it's something that I absolutely cannot possibly figure out on my own. It's like, oh, oh, well, we'll just give that to the Lord. But then if there are things and there are questions, okay, well, I could handle it this way. Or maybe I could do it that way. I don't, I don't know. But what if, if I do it that way, then this is going to happen. And, but if that happens, then I, it, it may make it so that I can't go back to this way. And, and so it begins to grow and that anxiety takes over your mind and even your body sometimes and panic sets in. But God cares. God cares. Paul tells them and us that they had been hurt, that they had been, excuse me, that they had heard and been taught, try to mix those words, that they had heard and been taught by the truth of Christ. That you want to, you want to know how to act, you want to know what's right, look to Christ. He's the one who taught you. He's the one who gave you the example. So we see some things through this passage that we need to do to work on renovating our minds. Number one, out with the old. When we accept Christ, we become a new creation. That is, that is what only God can do for us, creating something, making us a new creation. The Holy Spirit comes in. He begins to root out, dig out. Those are things that only God can do. I cannot in and of myself do that. Old has gone, new has come. But once I am living in Christ, once the Holy Spirit is residing in me, then I have the responsibility, according to God's word, to get rid of some of those things. Again, I cannot initially, I cannot first and foremost save myself. There is nothing in me that I can do to save myself. I cannot make myself a new creation. I can put on some 
some looks of righteousness, but, but it'll be fake. I cannot save myself. But once I am saved, I have a responsibility to work my faith. Lord, I believe you're in me. I believe that you're sanctifying me. I believe that you are doing something good in my life. So I am going to partner with you, Lord, and I'm going to start getting rid of the things that I can. I am going to start putting off my former behaviors. Because, yeah, I, I get to choose if I'm going to act like I used to or if I'm going to act new. <clears throat> Lord, help me. Lord, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put off my deceitful lusts, those delusional longings, those things that I used to seek out to satisfy me. Lord, I'm making a choice not to seek those things out anymore. I'm saying they those things aren't going to control me. I make that choice. Lord, we're getting rid of that. I'm, I'm taking that off. I, I, I surrender this to you. Lord, I'm going to put off lying. Falsehood, of course, we should yeah, stop lying. But more than that, God, I'm going to stop pretending. I'm putting this off. I'm going to stop pretending. I'm going to stop putting on that good face and making it like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's good. It's great. It's wonderful. Lord, if I need prayer, I'm going to ask for it. Lord, if I need support, I'm going to, I'm going to humble myself and allow those who are in my community to support me. Lord, I'm, I'm going to stop being fake. I'm going to get real with you, Lord. Stop pretending. See, if, if you're living one way at church and another way at work or with friends or out in the world, co-workers, whatever, that's so last season. You can put that off and get rid of that. Take that off and throw that away. That's old stuff. And that's a choice that we make. take that off wearing that fake garment of christianity is worthless and exhausting to try to remember okay all right i'm, I'm a good christian with these people all right i i tell them that i read my bible and then i'm praying and then i'm that i'm doing right but with these people I, i'm you know acting like i accept the world stuff yes okay okay oh oh no and then you get the people mixed up right Oh, golly. I, oh, goodness. I stood up for Christ with these people. Ah, they didn't know that I cared anything about Jesus. Oh, no. Oh, no, I said something in front of these people I shouldn't have. And it's exhausting to try to be fake. And God says, stop doing it. That is a choice that you make. Your witness, your reputation may be all that some people ever know of church and of God. Christianity. So examine your influence. And when you mess up, admit it. I told somebody this the other day. And they were telling me about a situation that they had had and they said some things that they shouldn't have said. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something and you're not going to like it. You need to go to those people that you said this thing to and you need to say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was not a good example. Please forgive me. I said, I've had to do that before. 
I've had to do that. And it's tough. Like, oh, golly. But if you don't, then it, it puts Christ in a bad light. Not necessarily you one way or the other, but it puts Christ in a bad light. When we, when we stumble and fall and then refuse to admit that we stumbled and fail, people start, oh, yeah. Oh, it, Dad, I was like, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Yeah, I am, and sometimes I mess up, and, and you may mess up too, and that's okay because when we come back to Christ, he'll forgive us because I've asked forgiveness and that from the Lord, and now I'm asking forgiveness from you. I, I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have said that. I, I was, you know, that was inappropriate. I'm sorry. Okay, that's a choice that I make to go back and do that. So out with the old, number two is in with the new. Putting on the new man. Be made new in the spirit of your mind. Again, this is not the Holy Spirit making the change for you. Get cleaning out those cobwebs. This is you actively partnering with the Holy Spirit and knocking down those walls. Renovating your mind. Saying, Lord... I choose to stop thinking this way. We're going to talk about that next week. I told y'all I'm ahead, so I, I, unless the Lord changes things, I know what we're going to talk about next week too. Lord, I actively choose to think right. Lord, I actively choose to believe your word. Lord, I actively choose to get rid of the doubt to lay that aside and to believe what your word says. God, I actively, I choose for my mind to be renewed. It's a choice you make to renovate your thought patterns. You make the choice to dwell on the good or on the negative. Yeah, you can't help it if a bad thought comes into your mind, but you can help it if it stays there. You can. It's a choice that you make. And I know it's hard sometimes, okay, because that's a part of that uh, mental health as well. Because sometimes it feels like those thoughts are coming at you from every angle. And it's, it's difficult and you sometimes get bogged down under it. But it's still a choice. It's still a choice. It's a discipline to recognize, is this thought from God? When Paul tells the Corinthians, take every thought captive... We talked about that a few months ago. Lasso those thoughts. Get them in the rope and, and drag them. Hog time and bring them to Christ. God, is this thought from you? And if it's not, throw it away. God has fashioned new garments of holiness and righteousness for us to put on. So why would we continue to wear the old, shabby, worn out garments of sin when God has given us a new wardrobe that fits us well? That is tailor-made for us. Because I've grown. I hope. I hope I've grown. And God creates new garments for me. And sometimes the things that we have to put off are not sin. It's just old ways of doing things. You know what? I used to pray this way. I'm going I'm to pray differently. I'm taking this off. And I'm going to pray with a different type of faith. I'm going I'm to pray more specifically. I'm, I'm going to pray differently. And, and that garment fits better. Because I've grown. 
And God creates these garments for us. He puts them He puts them out for us to wear if we choose to lay aside the old stuff and put on the new. And number three, we understand that anger is not the enemy. Some of y'all still may not believe me. It's just it's people online that aren't believing me. See, we've we've all heard the assumption, possibly, possibly all heard the assumption that it's bad to be angry. We've grown up that way. We were taught from the time we were small. If we if we got mad and copped an attitude, oh Lord, uh, excuse you, straighten that up. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm not saying that that's wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. But, so, you know, uh, no. Dry that up. <laughs> Act right. And sometimes we've internalized this idea that when we become angry, it makes us bad and makes us wrong and that it's, it's cause for punishment. Oh, so, so then we try our best. Don't get angry. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. And when we do, oh, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a little frustrated, right? But the truth is that anger, in and of itself, is a neutral emotion. Anger is just a symptom of something else. Anger is a symptom. See, when we become angry, it's a sign that we're feeling something that we either have not or do not want to identify. I'm angry, but I don't want to deal with what's lying underneath. So see, then anger comes out in different ways. Become angry and you shut down and you won't talk to anybody and you you get quiet. Mm, um, Nope, 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 nope. Because possibly you've been taught that when you get angry, then you'll spew out something ugly, so it's better to just keep your mouth closed. But then some people who aren't here today, you know, they, they've gotten angry and they blow up. But then it's over quick, you know. <laughs> they've been taught, that's all right, you get angry, you get some emotion, just suck somebody in the mouth that was the former conversation <laughs> thank you Jesus and uh oh well you know you've got this anger might as well use it pow you know so we've been taught oftentimes that anger is bad but ask yourself what is this anger telling me what emotion is this anger covering up So if you become angry at things like injustice, abuse, sin, not sinners, but sin, if that kind of stuff makes you angry, well, that makes God angry as well. It hurts his heart. It offends his righteousness, and then it it should offend our righteousness as well. You know, to see these things happen in the world just makes me mad. It just gets me upset. But why? Maybe God is maybe God is, is putting you toward a certain ministry or idea. You you get upset at at the idea that kids are in school and they bless their hearts, 
they, they're struggling. They're just getting passed along from grade to grade to grade. I can tell you that that happens a lot. You, you get angry. You get frustrated by this. You're mad. Maybe God is working in you to go be a mentor in a school. They're always looking for those kinds of people. Maybe you need to be a tutor for kids who are struggling Maybe God is using that anger to push you towards something. Maybe it makes you angry when you see people that are, that are living in tents on the side of the road and, and they can't make ends meet and they're having to beg. Maybe that makes you upset. Maybe that hurts your heart, perhaps. That's God leading you to, to get some canned foods together, to go out and help in the soup kitchens. Maybe. So anger can be a catalyst to help with good stuff. But think about it. What makes you angry? Being questioned? Being inconvenienced? Feeling powerless or manipulated? Does that make you angry? Then you need to ask where that's coming from. Because what does that what is that feeling underneath? That that question, that being questioned, why does that make you, perhaps, you want to be fake and act like you got all the answers. You want to seem like you're a whole lot smarter than you actually feel. So being questioned, oh, well, they're, they're going to see the fake underneath. They're going to see that I'm not really as smart as I thought I was. That, that makes me angry. Being inconvenienced. Maybe you feel like you're, stuff is more important than someone else's stuff and you don't want to admit that I don't know I'm just these are just things these are, I'm just throwing out some ideas these may not apply to anybody but me and whoever's watching online but anger tells us something anger tells us something ask yourself what's underneath the anger perhaps you're using anger to mask your feelings of inadequacy or insecurity because if, if people get too close to the truth of who you really think you are, like, stay away, stay away. You get angry to keep them away. But anger can be good for you. Because this can be a way that God helps us to become self-aware if you begin to ask yourself some real questions. Anger is not who you are. Anger is not who you are. You know, people say, oh, I have anger issues. I got anger issues. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. Stop blaming. Y'all, the Lord, this is him. Stop blaming your dysfunctional behavior on personality traits. I didn't write that. That was... The Lord used my pen right then. Yeah. We sometimes, oh, I'm just, this is just me. This is just me. Take it or leave it. No. <laughs> Straighten up. Deal with that. Because that's not the garment that God gave you. That's not who God has called you to be. That's, that's last season. That's old mess. Stop wearing that. Stop wearing that lie that doesn't fit and is dirty 
and is wrinkly, take it off. That's not who you are. So again, Paul used that quote of David to remind us not to allow the sun to set before we question our feelings and our motives. Talk to yourself about it. Why am I feeling this way? Lord, reveal to me. Show me in your word. Show me, God. Commune with yourself. Because if we don't, then sin will follow anger. And when sin follows anger, the devil gains a foothold. If we don't examine where our issue is, then we, we blow up and we get angry and we sin and the devil has a, a, an opportunity to slip in and, and get a little place to hold on. Oh, I know that that's going to bother him, so I'm going to mess with that again. We give place to the devil when we don't deal with stuff. When we don't face the issues that we have. When we just keep covering them up and saying, oh, that's just me. No, it's not. That's the lie that you've agreed with. That's something that the, you and, and the devil talked about and you said, yeah, sure, that's, yeah, yeah, that feels good. Let's just put that on. No, that's not who you are. Holding on to our anger begins the process of it rooting into our hearts. But we must use the anger as motivation, either as a catalyst for personal growth or motivation to make a change in the world. So mental and emotional wellness are essential for living life to the full, as Jesus promised. Anger with sin is an old conversation. That's old stuff. Take that off. Self-awareness is a new conversation. Put that on being real is is a new conversation put that on so what have we learned well i hope (laughs) out with the old in with the new and anger is not the enemy as the music plays and we ask the lord to begin encouraging us to knock down some of those walls oh yes change me Heavenly Father, we come before you. Heavenly Father, we come before you confessing that sometimes we have been fake. Sometimes we have worn the old garments of anger. Sometimes we've worn the old garments of previous conversations, of old behavior patterns, of doubt, of of sickness in our minds. God, sometimes we have sometimes we've kept those things on even though they were dirty and wrinkly and they didn't fit anymore. Sometimes we just that felt comfortable and convenient, so we just grabbed that and put it on. But new year we're going to get healthy. God, I believe that that's what you want for our lives. It's good health. And Father, we ask you now that, that you would give us strength to take off that old stuff, to lay it aside, to say, that's not me. That's not my style anymore. That's not my size anymore. That's not what I want to look like. When I look back on this years from now, I don't want to see pictures of me wearing that mess, wearing those doubts, wearing that anger, wearing that that feeling of inadequacy. God, I, I don't, I don't want to wear that anymore. I don't want to keep building those thoughts in my mind and allowing them to stay there. God, 
I just ask you now that you would give us the strength. Lord, you have made us new by the power of the Spirit. God, you have cleansed us and washed us clean by the blood of Jesus, God. So we are, we are new. That's something that only you can do for us. And so we thank you for that. We trust you that the blood is continually being applied to our hearts. Lord, that we can, if we sin, if we mess up, we can come back to you and we can ask forgiveness. And that blood is being applied. God, we thank you for that. Father, I ask you now that you would give each of us the strength and the determination to take off the old. Out with the old. Lord, that you would reveal to us places that we have old thoughts, old attitudes, old words, old actions, that we're still wearing the former conversation. God, reveal it to our hearts right now that we would see. God, I got to put this off. I got to take this off. I can't be this anymore. God, I pray that you would show us how to be new. God, that we would walk in the newness of your spirit. Because you have promised to give us life and life more abundantly. That we don't have to look like we used to and just hope to make it. But God, we can we can put on victory. I pray that for people today. That they would put on victory. God, I, I pray that they would put on faith today. I pray that they would put on hope today. Lord, that they would put on joy unspeakable and full of glory. God, those garments of praise. Lord, that they would lay aside the spirit of heaviness. That they would take that off today and put on a garment of praise instead. Brand new clothes for us, God. I pray that you would help us understand that anger is not our enemy, but it's a way that you are showing us how to deal with issues. I pray that when anger arises, that you would give us the opportunity to reflect back on it. Lord, I pray that you would stop us from sinning, that you would help us to stop. When we're in the middle of that circumstance that we get mad and we get angry, that we wouldn't just shove it down, push it down, but that we would stop and reflect. Lord, what are you trying to show me through this? Lord, I pray that you would make us new. Make us new, Lord. Make us new. Make us new. In this new year, make us closer to you. God, draw us near. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor because we know that your word is true and that whatever you have said that we can do, we can do. We have faith. We believe. We trust. We lift you up. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Work in hearts today. God, that we would not that we would not depart like we came. The burdens that are on our minds, the worries that are in our hearts, I just ask that you would lift them up. God, shake off those those bonds, those chains. God, that they would break today. In Jesus' precious name. Release them in Jesus' name. And now we say, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May His face to shine upon you. May He be gracious to you. And may He give you His peace in Jesus' name. Amen.